In the wake of WrestleMania 13, as audiences began to gravitate towards Stone Cold Steve Austin, a dark cloud began to form, separating the hitman from fans south of the Canadian border. First of all, I want to apologize. What? To all my great fans in Canada. For what? And to you, my fans right here across the United States of America, I apologize for nothing. I take a gunless creep like Stone Cold Steve Austin and beat him to a bloody pulp. Even though you all know that he lost, you cheer him on the way back to the dressing room like he won. You don't respect me. Well, the fact is, the American wrestling fans can kiss my ass. Let me clear the air because I never, ever said I quit. You never got the job done. As Bret Hart's relationship with the American fans continued to crumble. Americans don't give a damn about family. The hitman would turn to his family to forge a new foundation. I'm asking you for your help because I need you. It would take more than numbers to rattle the rattlesnake. I'm finished with you. You'll have to kill me to be finished with me. The only way I'm going to get Stone Cold Steve Austin off my back is to end his career. Like a pack of wolves! One of these days, April 20th at In Your House, I'm going to look down at your grave. Here lies Brett the Hitman Hart. Because Steve Austin ripped his pink and black And that's the bottom line. Hello everyone and welcome to Retromania. I'm your host, artist and entertainer from Baltimore, Maryland, Kobe Nida, and I'm joined as always with my co-host, Jimmy Price. Yes indeed, and this is a podcast where we wrestle and romanticize with our wrestling fandom, yes. A look at the uh, look at our uh, the uh, the Halcyon days. Yes, indeed. I still don't know what that means. No. That sounds cool. <laughs> sounds good. Um, these this is the origin of attitude. This is episode three, essentially. We just finished up with Blood from a Stone, and that was the epic battle of WrestleMania 13 between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. I mean, Stone sorry. That's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, Bret Hart and Stone Cold. Yeah, end up with one of our, uh, but one of our favorite matches of all time, and uh, it was definitely good to take a closer look at that one. And it's an epic uh, switch between heel and face. Great, the greatest double turn of all time. Yes, indeed. So we're gonna catch right up to it. Um, were you pleased with WrestleMania 13 as a as a child? You know, as a child, I was. Yeah, I was a little troubled by it, um, you know, just because of the because uh, of the heel turn. Right, I, I was conflicted. I didn't know how to feel. Obviously, the crowd is starting to boo him full on now. Uh, the storyline is, you know, shifted, and he is he's the bad guy. And this is the first time, you know, that this guy who has been my favorite wrestler for my entire life uh, is is a uh, is a bad guy now. So I didn't know how to feel. I didn't. Uh, I I, I like the show. I was seven years old so i wasn't looking at work rate right uh, so to speak but uh yeah I, I remember it having an impact on me and and walking away from it intrigued but a little conflicted me the same as goes for me um 
I was basically... I was glad he won, but I knew it wasn't like a direct victory, but it still was like, uh, it was good for him. Yeah. He didn't get, he didn't get uh, Old Stone Cold to give up. And And so. And I actually, um, I actually felt the same sentiment as him about American culture. Um, It was getting too, too risque and too violent in some ways. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of the stuff he he starts to get into with the uh, anti-American stuff was um, you know definitely resonating with me as a child just because it was it was all it was all new it was all different um, and he uh, it was it says has some some harsh critiques but some that that uh, probably still ring true to this day. Yes, indeed. Um, so we're on the night right after WrestleMania, episode two hundred two of Raw's War. This is March 24th, 1997. Brett is in the ring. Let's uh let's listen to it. States of America. To you, I apologize for nothing. You know, it seems really strange to me that no matter how much I try, that when I beat Stone Cold Steve Austin to a bloody pulp, No matter how much I win, when I walk back to the dressing room, the way you American fans treat me across 
the United States of America, I feel like I lost. I'm going to take a gutless creep like Stone Cold Steve Austin and beat him to a bloody pulp, even though he knows, and you all know, that he lost. You cheer him on the way back to the dressing room like he won. You know, it didn't just start right here. Let's go back to WrestleMania last year when I was the World Wrestling Federation champion. When that belt was around my waist, it's where it belonged. You cheered on a pretty boy like Shawn Michaels. And you allowed him to screw me out of the World Wrestling Federation championship belt. I found myself sitting at home watching the WWF on TV in Canada and saying to myself, the World Wrestling Federation needs a hero. They need a role model. They need somebody they can look up to. Not somebody that's got earrings all over himself and tattoos. Not somebody that poses for girly magazines. By the way, I don't think it was a girly magazine. I think it was a gay magazine. So I found this calling for myself to come back and set the record straight and clean up the World Wrestling Federation. So I came back in the Survivor Series and I beat Stone Cold Steve Austin there and I think I garnered a little respect. So then I found myself stepping in the ring with Psycho Sid and your hero, your pride and joy, Shawn Michaels, cost me the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. Nobody cared. Nobody did anything about it. You people didn't do anything about it. So they say, oh, don't worry about that. You can get in line with 29 other guys and you can go on the Royal Rumble. But being the man that I am, I got no problem fighting that 29 other guys. So I went in the Royal Rumble and I won. I was the last legal man standing in the Royal Rumble. But again, everybody just turns their back on it. You somehow justify in your minds that Stone Cold Steve Austin won. You know, a better man, a better man would have quit. And maybe I should have quit and gone home. You did, Brett. That's what you threatened. I got Grilla Monsoon and Vince McMahon on their hands and knees begging me to come back. Don't quit. Don't quit. Think of your fans. Well, I thought of my fans. And I came back. So they come up with this this idea for the final four. The winner of the final four will get a World Wrestling Federation title fight at WrestleMania 13. 
sounds good to me. See a sign that says Brett's crying to hell. Yep. Yep. And all of a sudden. That would pop up in uh, Wrestling with Shadows. Your champion, your hero, Shawn Michaels, comes up with this life ending, career ending knee injury. And he forfeits the title so he can go home and find his smile. That's okay. You people think that that's just fine. I see everybody crying in the audience for that. You talk about me crying. So I go into the final four with the outcome now being whoever wins the final four will be the World Wrestling Federation champion. And who won the final four? I did. Right in the middle of the ring, I defeated three other guys in one night. I defeated Vader. I defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I defeated The Undertaker and became the World Wrestling Federation Champion for a fourth time. You know, here's telling the truth, McMahon. Then they come up to me and they go, well, wait a minute. You don't get to rest. Even though you fought three other guys, even though you're beat up and sore, you gotta go in and fight six foot nine Psycho Sid and defend the title. Do you think I ran and hit? You think you went and found me forfeiting any titles? No! I put the title on the line, and I took Psycho Sid, and I tied him in a big knot right in the middle of the ring. There he was in the sharpshooter after being booed all the way through the match by my American wrestling fans. You somehow justify, only in America you can do this, Stone Cold Steve Austin climbs right up on the ring and whacks me over the back of the head with a chair. Somehow, you justify that, that that's okay. That's, that's acceptable in America. So I ask, whereas you see it, I cried to Gorilla Monsoon, and I ask, and I beg, and I plead, and I said, give me Stone Cold Steve Austin. Give me a match with this guy that seems to be making my life a miserable hell. So I get Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they agree to a match, a submission match. And then they go, but wait, we even got some better news for you. We will give you Psycho Sid in a 15-foot-high steel cage match. And nobody will be able to interfere in that. And you'll have your shot at the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt because we respect you. Well, in that match, outside interference played a big factor again. And somehow, for some reason, The Undertaker is out there and he finds himself slamming my head in the door and costing me the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt for a fifth time. So I got one thing on my mind. After being screwed over by everybody in the World Wrestling Federation, 
after being by, abandoned by all you good fans right here in the United States of America. I decided that I'm going to go into this submission match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I give him just a little bit of what he deserves. Just a good old-fashioned ass-whipping. And so when I do it, when I actually take that lousy, stinking hyena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and beat him to a bloody pulp, you somehow find it in your hearts to abandon me and cheer for him. The poison is spewing you know, from Bret Hart. I've proven myself so many times here in the World Wrestling Federation. And I've tried to be everything that you wanted me to be. But it seems to me that you don't understand. You don't understand what it means to have dignity, to have poise. To bring prestige to the World Wrestling Federation. To be a man that has a, that brings a little class. Because you'd rather cheer for heroes like Charles Manson and, and, and O.J. Simpson. And... Nobody glorifies criminal conduct like the Americans do. In all the countries that I go to around the world, they still respect what's right and what's wrong. Respect. Now that we've made everything really clear with ourselves here tonight, it's obvious to me that all you American wrestling fans coast to coast, you don't respect me. Well, the fact is, I don't respect you. <laughs> you don't deserve it. So from here on in, the American wrestling fans, coast to coast, can kiss my... that you would never give up the WWF title because no one knows better than me or the WWF that it takes a handwritten note from the Lord Almighty to get that belt from you. Shawn Michaels is injured. But Brett, what you don't understand is just because I come out here and choose to live my life openly and freely instead of putting on a facade like you does not
make you a better man, Brett. I am well aware of my faults. I can admit them up and down the line. And as far as Steve Austin is concerned, Brett, I was there last night. He didn't give up. Alright? Now, I'm no fan of Steve Austin's, but he passed out, and even you have to admit, somewhere in there, there's got to be some of the old hitman left. Even you've got to admit that he is one tough SOB. Now, Brett, I have tried and tried and tried to take the high road. Now, I am, I am in no shape to wrestle, and I know, I know, you're tougher than me, blah, 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 the whole thing. I admit that, that's fine. I don't have to be number one, Brett. I don't obsess like you do. I do this because I like it. You do it because in your mind, Mark Man, you really think all of this is yours. Now, what you need to understand is that every time they reach into their pocket and pay money to watch you, me, or anybody else, they have the right to cheer or boo anybody they want. Now, hey, hey, you don't have to tell me, they're cheering me now, but they booed, they booed me before, but you didn't see me get all bent out of shape about it. You want to know why, Brett? It's because in this country, we have something that's called the First Amendment. And that, and that amendment allows us to live our lives the way we see fit, as long as it is causing harm to no one. If that guy there wants to stick a belly button piercing through his navel, he can do it whether you like it or not. <laughs> Wait, that's that just the nipple ring, though. Yeah. Chooses <laughs> to go out with someone that you don't approve of. Tough titty said the kitty, and she's gonna do it. Now I don't want to get on my high and mighty roller coaster here, Brett, but you, my friend, have got to look at this. I'm in no shape to go, but if you want to go. What the hell? Let's go now. Oh, don't tell me. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Michaels is in no condition. He is in no condition well, to wrestle tonight because he's got more guts you know and brains. Something? Right. We've got a saying in the United States of America, and it's called America. Love it or leave it. Shawn Michaels, boy toy, I think you should go back to the dress room. Just get the hell out of my face. Uh-oh. You know me, Brett. I'm not real good with authority. By the way, how'd you know I was in that girly magazine? You couldn't help, you couldn't help yourself, could you?
you had to flip through the pages just a little bit. As Jim Ross exits exits the ring. Brett kicks Sean from behind. Now he's setting him up for the ring post figure four. One of my favorite moves. Looks so vicious. Oh my god, Sean is selling it so beautiful too. Referees coming out to stop it. So that happens. Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, uh, I think from from this point forward, it gets it, it gets more and more visceral. But I think that sort of encapsulated the differences between Hart and Michaels in terms of their characters uh, about as well as any segment you're going to find uh, from from this year. A um, couple things uh, when he calls him uh, calls him Mark Man. When Sean calls Brett yeah. Mark Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean calls Brett Mark Man, and it sort of plays into you know how seriously Brett takes the business, and not that you know Sean had, just has a different perspective. I mean, once he's in the ring, he's uh, one of the greatest to ever lace up a pair of boots. But I think it, he's tapping into that idea that that Hitman is is taking this far too seriously, and also stops short of saying this, but sort of alludes to like um, you know he says Sean says he does this because he loves it. Um, and stop short of saying that, you know, Brett does this because he feels obligated to, because it was his, you know, his family and that's what started, uh, him on this road. But I think sort of taps into that vein as well. Uh, but just a, just a great segment. Yeah. Fan- fantastic segment. And it just, it speaks in the shades of gray, everything like they're both good guys, but bad guys. Yeah. Um, they both have rightful reasons to be upset with each other and then you also get the fan reaction that's mixed yeah yeah and i think this was like their attempt and and i think it it ends up working pretty well but this was them you know really putting that nail in the coffin of the heel turn i mean you know there were still people cheering for brett you know in that first five minutes or so where he's just running down the last few months but then when he finally you know we get to that money line where it's like the fans the american wrestling fans coast to coast can kiss my ass like that that seals it. Yes, indeed. That's that's a done deal. Um after that Brett comes out later for commentary for the Rocky Via Via and Leaf Cassidy Intercontinental Championship. Ooh, what a classic. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> he said uh McMahon before this they do a recap of what just happened and McMahon says he thinks this is the end or this is the beginning of the anti-hero era. Interesting. 
Very. So um, he then asks Brett, he says, uh, have you snapped? And Brett says, he hasn't snapped. He opened his eyes. And then they do a clip backstage of Shawn Michaels having his knee wrapped up and walking out, uh, getting ushered out. And then Brett says, you want to see bad? You want to see something really vicious? He runs into the ring right after the Rocky Maivia uh, finish. He pins Leaf Cassidy, no surprise. Um, <laughs> he runs into the ring and he hits Rocky in the leg and he starts beating him up. And then he leaves and goes up the ramp and uh, he gets a middle finger on the way out from a fan. So it's working. It's working. It's working. It's going. Um, then we get episode 203 of uh, Raw is War. This is March 31st, 1997. Um, to start the show off, we have the WWE, oh, sorry, WWF yep. European Championship. And this is the rematch. This is Davey Boy Smith against Owen Hart. And it's a good match. Um, towards the end, they get a little back and forth. And Owen is staggering. And Bulldog goes to clothesline him. And he hits a chair. And then Davey Boy picks up the chair. And he's going to hit Owen. But uh, Brett comes down and tackles him. And they separate Owen and Bulldog. And Brett gets on the mic. And he explains that this is exactly what the American fans want, is a, so, a family soap opera. And this is what they do. They try to exploit their family to make their own game. Yeah. Um, Americans don't care about families and family values. They've been making the hearts fight for years now. And Owen starts to cry. He does. He, ah, such a, it's such a good shot. Uh, he, you know. Tears well up. I mean, Brett, to his credit, is is delivering this very heartfelt. It's one of his best promos. It's beautiful. I would I would play it here, but I'm more focused on the storyline of yeah. the uh, the actual feud going on between Brett, Sean, and Austin. Yeah, but he uh, I I was reading it over because I found a transcription of it, but he he ends up paying it off with uh, you know just like Owen, look me in the eye. Nobody was there for you more times than I was. I want you to hear me, and I want you to hear me loud and clear. I don't care about these people. Not anymore. Owen, I love you. I love you. So good. Just, and, just, you know, like, and you could just, you could feel, like, the American fans, like, puking. But it's just, it's uh, it's such good. And, I mean, with that, the, uh, the reformation of the Hart Foundation is well on its way. Yep, they embrace... And they're in the middle of the ring, and yeah. it gets a it gets a mixed reaction. Yeah, <laughs> there's some fans that are like, "Yeah," some people are like, "Oh my god!" And then later in the night, we get the Intercontinental Champion Rocky Maivia. He's going against Bret Hart, and this is a dream match, one that you would think of. Yeah, but, uh, it's it's not that good of a match. Yeah, early, very early on in Rocky's career, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, this might have been. I don't know if this is the only time they locked up on TV. I think so yeah. Um, not, not necessarily the, you know, they caught each other at weird points in their careers, but still cool to have, to see them have, you know, shared the ring. I think Brett was more conscious. He said this before that he didn't want to hurt Rocky's push Yeah, by putting him down. Yeah. And he said that Triple H and Sean were okay with that. Yeah. They're like, no, nah, you gotta apparently Triple H has never really liked rock, you know, they yeah. just fought for the spot of the up-and-comer guy and every step of the way um so 
Rocky Maivia does the comeback like Rocky Johnson, where he like does those dramatic punches that would become famous as known as the rock punches. You yeah. Know? Um, and then we get a clothesline and a vertical suplex and a fisherman suplex and a belly back suplex from the rock to Brett. He's running the gauntlet on him and they're almost running out of time here for La Femme Nikita. Wow. So the USA network is so many pushing that. So many teenage boys just, you know, waiting with bated breath. Did you ever watch La Femme Nikita? I I never watched it. I I was very enticed by the commercials, but uh, I don't think I was ever like permitted to watch La Femme Nikita. Yeah, I never stayed up to get that far. Yeah. Um, Brett gets Rocky into the corner, ring post, figure four, and he, he won't break the hold. So Hebner calls for the bell, and it's about 10 minutes. And Stone Cold comes out, and he breaks the hold, and it's a three-on-one attack. It's it's Owen, Davey, and Brett on Austin. And the Legion of Doom come down, and they want the tag belts, so they're involved, and they break it up. And the Hart Foundation runs through the crowd, but least to say the Hart Foundation has been formed this night. Yeah. This is this is good. This is a good uh, <clears throat> story arc build for 1997. Definitely, yeah. I mean, this is this is going to be a big, um, you know, not just. I mean, because it involves. I mean, we're focusing mainly, of course, on Austin Michaels, uh, you know, Hart and McMahon. But I mean, this was taking up a big part of the of the uh, of the main event scene. You have Le- Legion of Doom. We'll see Ken Shamrock, Goldust get inside, uh, get involved. All sort of uh, working against this this anti-american heel faction that is now the hard foundation right and it's a good stable that this leader uh bret hart has behind him because he has instead of him being the baby face going up against a roster of monster heels it's a roster of some good technician technician heels yeah and they're going against a list of superstars you know yeah. so it's it's a better way of doing it Definitely, uh, in my opinion, I like that. Yeah, yeah, it was. This is one of my favorite runs uh, of any faction. I, I still think the Heart Foundation '97 is my favorite faction of all time. Nice. Um, I definitely was obsessed. I had, I think, I had gotten most of the toys by this time. I didn't have um, Nightheart. Yeah, but I had Pillman. I had Owen. I had Davy. I had Heart. I'll have to bring them out next yeah. time. Hell yeah. Yeah, we should have him on the table here. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, I think I had all of them except for Nightheart, too. I think Nightheart was hard to get a hold of. I don't know if they actually even went to make, they did a, went to make a, yeah, like a 97 Jax Nightheart. We'll have to check and see if that's out there. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I know they definitely did a Hasbro. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. There was that, those toys are about 20 years old. Yeah. So that's crazy yeah um moving on episode 204 of raw's war this is april 7th 1997 stone cold steve austin has a match with billy gunn and my autocorrect for my voice to uh text goes to billy gone billy gone which in, at various points in his career out there he was billy gone yes and it's short and sweet match but as my autocorrect says stone cold gets the stoner <laughs> <laughs> the stone coal stoner yes indeed i think yeah. i might have to steal that for my gimmick yeah that, that would that would work pretty well <laughs> <laughs> um so he gets the stunner on billy gunn and it's a huge pop for the win 
great, great. Stone Cold is coming off that uh, WrestleMania loss, but he's still looking strong. Yeah, yeah, building up some some more momentum. And Billy Gunn and Bart Gunn are unfortunately utilized as enhancement talent over the the next couple months. Yeah, yeah, not much to a lot of people like Mankind, Hearst Helmsley, Gold Dust, all the key players that are moving up. The 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 glory days of the smoking guns are are far gone. Yeah, they're they're done. Um then we get an ad for the WWF magazine. It's Bret Hart and Bart Simpson on the cover. Did you see this one? Uh, I've seen the I've seen like a, a brief clip of Brett's appearance when he's at uh, Mr. Burns Mansion. Um, so I, I haven't seen. I don't know if I had. I don't think I had that issue with the magazine, but I do remember that being a cover. And it's interesting because you know it, it it was obviously produced when he was still the you know still a face. So now it's yeah you know it's right before the turn that yeah. it was released kind of yeah um, yeah it's it's. Uh, it's interesting. I remember seeing that cover at the grocery stores. I remember seeing the, the ad advertised a couple weeks on Raw, um, and that's on the season eight, episode twenty-one of The Simpsons. Nice. And I actually stuck around to watch that episode. But funnily, funnily, <laughs> hmm, funny enough, um, that comes on the same night as the house show, the In Your House pay per view. Ah, so uh, yeah, I had to watch that one. I I didn't have the box at the time. I was yeah. still getting the tapes. Yeah, so I watched The Simpsons instead, and yeah. then I played with my toys and reenacted what might have happened. So I mean, you get to see a bread appearance. You're you're playing you're playing with the toys. It's almost like a pay per view. Yeah, and Sean's always on commentary here and there on Raw. Yeah, and he says uh, that's just like Bret Hart. Everything he does is a cartoon. Bret, it's not real. <laughs> Jesus, ripping into him. Yeah, and then Sean comes out for an interview, and we're gonna listen to this one. Cool. All right, Sean Michaels. Just a couple of weeks ago, just a couple of weeks ago, the last time we saw you in Raw's War Ring, you got in the Hitman Bret Hart's face. And you said to him, among other things, speaking, of course, of First Amendment rights, freedom of uh, expression, you said, Brett, America, love it or leave it. And I guess maybe, at least temporarily, he's left it. Nonetheless, the result of you getting into his face was uh, something I'm sure you did not enjoy. As we saw you, you were wrapped around a ring post as a result of a figure four. When Brett the Hitman Hart obviously attempted to uh, disable you all the more. And if you would, give us some idea as to how far this set back your progress. I'll tell you what, I'd like to, at this minute... to use my First Amendment rights out here on live television, if I may, to tell you and the entire world what is going on with the heartbreak hit. May I? May I? Now, as far as last week is concerned, Shawn Michaels opened up his big mouth and got beat up. Now, regularly, that would be a big deal. But if you're Shawn Michaels, That is like waking up, going to bed, 
eating your breakfast, eating your dinner. It's an everyday thing. I jack my jaw, somebody smacks me around, and we fight about it. That's how I make my living. Well, I'm looking on. Now, was it a setback? Yes. When am I coming back? Not gonna tell you. But what I will tell you is this: Bret Hart has come out here time and time again, telling the fans of the World Wrestling Federation that he wants to get stuff off his chest. And now I want to get something off of my chest. Everyone is asking, why is Bret Hart all of a sudden a bad guy? Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm not going to lie to you. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels loathe one another, whether it be out here or back there, make no mistake about it, Bret Hart hates oh, my Oh, and Davey guts. watching backstage. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, I hate his. Now, we're going to take the gloves off here. Bret Hart has not just recently turned into a bad guy. He has always been a bad guy. He comes out here and he talks about how there are no family values in America. How the World Wrestling Federation exploited his family. Well, I've got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. Bret Hart is the one that asked his mother and his father to be on TV. Bret Hart is the one that drags his sister and his children out on TV. The World Wrestling Federation exploits Bret Hart's family because he allows it. Now, and the reason he allows it is very simple, for Bret Hart's own financial gain. If Bret can make a buck, he'd sell his mother. That's the truth. Now, wow. Bret Hart also has an obsession with Shawn Michaels and the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Last year, I won the World Wrestling Federation Championship fair and square. He's right about that. But I want to digress to six years ago when Shawn Michaels first started his singles career and became the Intercontinental Champion. That's when Bret Hart also became the World Wrestling Federation Champion. I ran support to him. I told everybody, including himself and his family, that I supported him. I was second fiddle to Bret Hart for years here, and I did it with a smile on my face because that's what a man does when it comes to business. But then, when it came for Bret Hart to return the favor, oh yeah, he did it, but he did it kicking and screaming every inch of the way. And then, and then Bret Hart takes time off. He takes time off, he says, because he needs rest. What he did was take time off to see if Shawn Michaels and the World Wrestling Federation would fall flat on their face without him. Well, guess what? We didn't fall face flat anywhere. As a matter of fact, the World Wrestling Federation did the best business it has done in six years. You're the boss, am I right or wrong? You're right. Thank you very much. Wow. 
he asks Vince McMahon, you're the boss. Am I right or wrong? That's, and Vince says, you're right. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. With a smile on his face. I'm not sure by which metric they're going by there. Uh, one of their choosing, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, the, that, that public acknowledgement of uh, Vince being the uh, the chairman, you know, is, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Any thoughts on this first part of this Shawn Michaels it's uh it's you know it's eye-opening it's getting into the personal stuff with his family and 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 alluding to you know the fact that obviously and his family is not being put out there uh you know against their will or against brett's will you know um that's you know it's it feels real um and uh bringing up their past is you know something that i didn't even remember uh back in the day but yeah bringing up the uh you know the parallels in their career um you know he's got he's got some good points and it's just really uh it's it's another step into that into that reality and we covered that in the prologue yeah we yeah. did um these guys came up in different levels kind of at the same times they were the top stars you know you had your ic champion and your wwf champion yeah in those early days in those early days they were allies because they had to be i mean they're two guys of the similar uh similar body structure uh in in a big man's world so they they were you know each other's advocates um they only worked together that that one run in 92 yeah um, yeah just through the house shows the ic stuff yeah. for the latter and then they yeah. did the the world title match at survivor series yeah. and that was kind of it they were separated for a while yeah except for like a, that that quick uh elimination tag at survivor series where sean just got the the following survivor series where sean yeah. got brought in because lawler had his uh his own issues but um yeah they uh, after that they didn't really touch each other until wrestlemania 12 yep so i'm gonna hop in here cool uh bret hart's book every once in a while during this promo uh it's almost over but bret the hitman Hart: my real life in the cartoon world of wrestling this is page 419 and he talks about the end of where sean uh turned to vince Who'd be standing silently beside him all this time. You're the boss. Am I right or wrong? Vince smirked and replied, you're right. What else could Vince say at this moment? With Sean on a roll on live TV. But the fact is that when I began my first title reign, the WWF was in the midst of the steroid and sex scandals. And the business dropped off because of negative press. Not because I was champion. In fact, I carried the championship during the darkest days of the WWF history, and any wrestler who was there at that time knows that. Vince knows that. I was told myself. Um, yeah, so then we're going to carry on. Now, but Bret Hart, he sat, he sat in Calgary and passed judgment on Shawn Michaels. And he told everybody about my thoughts. And believe me, folks, I have got a truckload of thoughts. But I have never, ever lied about that to anyone again. He talked about my dancing. How can the fans of the World Wrestling Federation cheer up a wrestler who dances, who has long hair, who pierces his navel, who has tattoos? Sure, that's not How a nipple. <laughs> support something like that well it's real simple they liked it you idiot and then brett says but every one of those comments i made was about his in-ring character not about him as a person 
If I'd been taking personal jabs at Shawn Michaels, I'd have talked about he was a drug addict and how insecure and neurotic he was. And I never did. As for the fans, male WWF fans left for WCW in droves when Shawn got the belt. And he was kind of right. I was watching the cruiserweight stuff. Um, I was watching the NWO. I was more interested yeah. in WCW. Yeah, you have the the birth of the NWO just a few months into Sean's reign there. So I mean, that there, there was a distaste for uh, I think for a certain segment of the audience with Sean, but there was just you know it was so much going on in WCW that had a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. Um, did you like WCW? Uh, I I would I would flip over here and there. Um, I would I would follow it a little bit. I never really watched any WCW pay per views, okay. um, except for a couple later ones. Um, so I would I would check it out out of curiosity, but I was I was not following at that point. You're more WWF guy, yeah, through and through. Nice. Now, but the whole time I don't say anything. I go on doing my job. And Bret Hart, while he's at home, talks about his loyalty to his WWF fans. And that's ultimately what made him return to the World Wrestling Federation. Well, that is a load of horseshit. The reason Bret Hart returned to the World Wrestling Federation after using a rival organization against this man and the company that made him what he was. He stabbed the World Wrestling Federation in the back. Why? For his financial gain. Bret Hart did not come back to the World Wrestling Federation for his fans. He came back for the almighty dollar. Uh, Bret says Hogan, Roddy, Razor, Diesel, Kid, and even Kurt Henning had all abandoned Vince's sinking ship. I stayed loyal to him and to the WWF and walked away from $2.8 million a year to take Vince's proposed $1.5. But did Vince say that? See, this is, um, to me, this is Vince cutting a promo through Sean. Yeah. You know? Just by letting him go. And it's, yeah. it's everything that has gained reality. This is Vince Russo and Vince... Uh, writing the behind the scenes stuff and it's coming to light now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Shawn Michaels is the one saying it. It's awesome. He's yeah. the greatest proxy. Yeah. And this is, you know, well before the time where something like this would have been scripted. I mean, I think he, he, he you go out there with some, with even some, talk, some bullet points, some bullet points and, and just let him go. And, and, and to that point, Vince standing there in the ring next to him, smirking is just, uh, is, is, an endorsement of everything he's saying. So like you said, cutting that promo through Sean. Right. By proxy is a great, it's a great point. And it, it's, it's awesome um, that these guys are doing it so well because only few can have done that so well. And that's where WCW re- really failed. They started uh, trying to make their booking like that. Yeah. Uh, and the guys were not following through promo wise. Yeah. They were just, they couldn't back it up. No, no, not at all. Uh, Sean and Brett are really shining through here. Austin, of course, is the star of it all with the promos. Definitely. Well, let's continue on. Now, every time, what about me? I'll tell you, I'll tell you about me. I got more people throwing money at me than you could ever possibly imagine. I am the hottest free agent in this business today. Every time I take a day off, Every time I get hurt, my phone is ringing off the hook. But you know what? 
I'm not in it for the money, because I got money. I do it because I think that is one hell of a man, and he deserves to have somebody work his ass off for him, and I'm that guy. Now, Bret Hart... Sean just joined the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. Now, we're all wondering, why are you upset? Why are you obsessed with the World Wrestling Federation Championship? I'll tell you, I wanted to be the World Wrestling Federation Champion since I was a little kid. It was a dream. Bret Hart is obsessed with the World Wrestling Federation Championship because he was born into it. If Bret Hart wasn't a world champion, he would feel like he had fallen short. When he goes home to Calgary, he is still Bret the Hitman Hart, former World Wrestling Federation Champion. Shawn Michaels, when he goes home, he's not the heartbreak kid. He's not Shawn Michaels. He's just plain old Shawn Bret. You're the hitman 24 hours a day. And the reason for that is Bret Hart cannot separate all of this from his real life. That's why he brings his family in it. And that's why he brings all his friends in it. Bret Hart is obsessed with being in the limelight more than I could ever possibly imagine. Well, Bret Hart, your obsession with the World Wrestling Federation title, and by the way, for you people at home, you can't hear, there are various people here yelling this for Bret, yelling that for Bret. And my point is this, at one time, to hear all that, it used to upset me. It bothered me to hear the people boo me or say, we want Bret. But then I finally realized the fans of the World Wrestling Federation are allowed to express their First Amendment rights whenever they want. So if you want to yell for Brett, you yell for Brett. If you want to yell for Sid, you yell for Sid. If you want to yell for me, you yell for me. Go get him, Sean. <laughs> Ass kisser. Yeah. I am simply telling you people this. Do not, under any circumstances, let some wrestler, some superstar, come out here and tell you what to do. In our country, we can do what the hell we want. I do it, so you might as well do it too. What a very, very true. You have a right as a fan. Just don't say you deserve it to everybody. (laughs) A lot of World Wrestling Federation superstars have placed themselves as a role model or a superhero. Well, you know what? Everyone that I've seen has fallen short, has fallen way short. Moms and dads, I'm not a role model. I'm not telling you to have your children grow up to be like me. But what I am telling you is this. If you're going to plop your money down for your children to enjoy the World Wrestling Federation, rest assured that there is one guy that knows how much you're spending. And every time you put it down, whether you scream, yell, or boo, I am coming out here and working my ass off whether anybody likes it or not. Wow. The original Stone Cold. Yeah. Definitely uh, warm heart Hart, echoing, yeah. <laughs> your obsession with me and the World Wrestling Federation Championship will ultimately be 
and I want you to read my lips. It will ultimately be your destruction. <laughs> How true that would ring. That rings so true. So Brett says, next I called Vince. Without a moment's hesitation, he told me that Sean's behavior was inexcusable and that Sean would be dealt with. Thinking back on it now, I am at, I'm astonished that I believed him. No one just went off like Sean had done on TV with a rant without Vince orchestrating every bit of it. I mean, duh, Brett. Come on. Yeah. Duh. I guess I just wanted to believe him. I asked him again whether he had any problem with our contract, and he retreated that he didn't. I reminded him that I turned down a hell of a lot of money to stay loyal to the company, and this was something Sean should know. He agreed. You, how could Sean have forgotten that I put the torch right in his hand? Question mark. Yeah, so we're uh, digging deep here. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, definitely. A tough spot for, for, you know, the hitman. I mean, I could see why he would, you know, Vince is telling him what he wants to hear. And, you know, I can see why he believed him. But, yeah, he's got got a point there in retrospect that. Yeah, Vince was standing right there. He could have ended that segment whenever he wanted. Yeah, exactly. And it was definitely orchestrated. This is this is all orchestrated. <laughs> this is the greatest work of all time. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so, um, Bulldog comes out and Sean defends himself with the chair and it gets kind of separated. So, uh, it was supposed to be uh, Sid and Mankind, but Sid didn't show up. Yeah. He Sid. had some some softball matches to attend to. Or uh, he was injured, actually. Yeah. <laughs> there was a yeah. There was something going on. He doesn't know shit. So um they switched it with Brett versus Austin at the next pay per view. Tonight it's gonna be Mankind and Steve Austin. And Owen and Davey are on the split screen and they're pissed that Brett's match got changed. Rightfully so. Yes. So Austin and Mankind, they have a decent match here. And Bulldog and Owen come out. And then the Legion of Doom come out and they they chase the tag champs all around. And then Austin takes advantage and zooms past everybody and hits Brett. Um, And Mankind um, hits Austin. And then there's a big brawl and it's leading into the next pay-per-view. Jimmy, do you have any old wrestling shirts? You know, I, when I was a young man, I uh, had a bunch of uh, very terrifically 90s wrestling t-shirts. I had one uh, cane shirt that was long sleeves, and it was particularly uh, just terrible. Uh, but sometimes I wish I could find some of those old ones, you know? So do I. I had the Kevin Nash. He had the backwards Tupac bandana. That was too sweet. But I do know this awesome place. It's called thesavagestash.com. It's your wheeler and dealer for the best vintage wrestling shirts, merch, and everything in between. The absolute cream of the crop. Yeah. The Savage Stash. The Savage Stash. SavageStash.com. Newest thing I got was the fanny pack, man. It's awesome. It's neon orange, and then there's a neon green one. What more can you ask for? It's got the logo that says the Savage Stash. 
put all your good stash elements in there. Yeah, everybody's everybody's holding on to one of these. I've seen pictures with Okada mm. holding a Savage Stash fanny pack. Kenny Omega, possibly? Yes. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, good. Do yourself Crazy. a favor. Buy the fanny pack. Yes. Go on there, thesavagestash.com. It's the cream of the crop. Ooh, yeah, dig Episode 205, April 14th, 1997. This is a show from the U.S. and South Africa. It's split up. 205, not live. Yeah, not live. Do you remember this at all? Uh, I remember bits and pieces of it. I've seen uh, some some clips from it. Okay. Um, So they're going back and forth from there. Uh, Stone Cold is in the U.S. with Vince McMahon in the ring. And they're in an interview, and Austin says that the WWF is finally giving him what he wants, and that's a rematch with Bret Hart. Um, Because he could have beat him, and he didn't give up. He didn't quit. And uh, everybody's holding him down in the WWF. But now it's his time. And then Bret's Hart time has come and gone. And he's going to leave Bret in a bloody heap. And... That's the bottom line. And then we get a shot of Brett later from Kuwait um, yelling at some American fans. And he's saying that he's he's sick and tired of the people in America for cheering Austin and Shawn Michaels. And that's about it for this episode. Short, brief. Yep. So we're getting all these taped episodes. They're still not fully live yeah yeah there's always those international tours after mania um so this is in the in the midst of that yes indeed so the next one is revenge of taker in your house yes indeed this is april 20th 2000 no not 2017 (laughs) i have it as 2017 in my notes oh my god (laughs) flash forward 1997 um brett's already Already, like, got this knee injury, so he can't really do much. Um, so this match is going to be a working style brawl with him and Austin. It's okay. Yeah. So uh, Owen and Bulldog are out first, but they get chewed off by the wretch by the refs, and then there's more brawling, and then we get a sharpshooter from Austin, and um, or, I mean, we get a sharpshooter on Austin. And Austin grabs the knee brace and hits Brett and bashes him in the face. And Brett's on his back. And then he applies the sharpshooter to Brett. Um, that's Austin doing that. Yeah, puts it on. He puts it on right this time. Yep. Yeah. And it looks like Brett's about to tap. And then Owen and Davey Boy come out. And Austin uh, gets put off by them and goes to the ring ropes and. Then he goes back to the sharpshooter and the referees and people are trying to separate the bulldog and Austin and Owen and bulldog slides by with the chair and hits Austin with the chair. And it's a DQ. Yeah. So. And this was for the, uh, was this for the number one contendership? I think in some way, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's a DQ. Uh, Austin goes right back for the sharpshooter. And Brett is in there. Nobody can pull him off. The referees come out and they finally break it up. But that that was it. That was awesome, though. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a good match. I mean, obviously not going to live up to the WrestleMania Classic, but it's another another example of the chemistry that those two had in the ring, you know, despite the limitations with Brett's knee. Right, and Brett comes away looking, like, defeated from this, like, really yeah. defeated. Yeah, so it puts that shine back on Austin. Yeah. Um, we'll go from a note from Bret Hart's book. Uh, when he got back home, he was gratified to read the Wrestling Observer on April 21st. Unky Dave. Uh, Reality break, folks. It goes without saying that in the ring, Michaels did a super job in 1996. However, let's rewrite history and say Sean's reign was Hogan-like from a business standpoint because nothing could be further from the truth. TV ratings collapsed in June of 96 on Sean's watch, not Brett's, and reached company all-time lows for the rest of the year. Not just Monday night ratings due to Nitro, Ratings across the board. Syndication died. Sean's work in the ring can't be denied. But the buy rates fell through his reign, and it was during Sean's reign. Uh, For the first time in the decade that WWF in both pay-per-view and TV ratings fell to a number two in the U.S. And when it came to house shows, while the WWF had a stronger year in 1996, its best months were February and March. And who was champion at that point? Brett. Okay, the summer was good, but there was a serious decline in the fall, at which point Vince threw everything he could to get Brett back, including promising him the belt. Let's not forget that there were numerous cases of Michaels throwing unprofessional hissy fits throughout the title reign in his in the ring. Um, uh, Brett says, I was still deeply hurt and pissed off. I had no idea what to do about it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's there's... There's no real black and white here because I mean there Dave you know has a, has a point with the with the ratings going down over the summer but you, again you cannot uh, there's no way that you can uh, over you, there's no way you can understate the importance of the NWO that's July right in the middle of that summer and that that just shook the industry um, so that had a lot to do with it but again you know Sean was very unprofessional they had the whole program with Vader lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, and just he just refused to do business with him after SummerSlam because Vader works a little stiff. Yeah. So you know that that I think if they would have let that play out the way that they had initially planned to with um, uh, you know instead of Sid coming in for Survivor Series and Rumble, um, you know had Vader stick around in that main event scene that could have been a that could have been an all time feud. Yeah. Uh, but Sean, you know, is playing politics so. Everybody, it's everybody's at fault, but it's you know, at the end of the day, the the business is nowhere near where it was when uh, Hogan was around. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm gonna continue reading around Brett's book. Um, when I got home to Calgary, my doctor told me that my sore knee was serious. I needed surgery. They would have to do a scope and then shave the bone down in my knee which could keep me out of action for up to six months. Even though I was protected by my contract in case of injury, I called Vince to let him know I'd do my best to be back as soon as possible. The week the surgery was scheduled, I was supposed to do an in-your-house match with Sid, but Vince told me Sid was injured too. He desperately needed me to do a match with Stone Cold instead, or the pay-per-view was in danger of bombing. Looking back now, I wondered about myself and the desire to please him at a significant cost to myself. It couldn't have been all about being worried about my livelihood. Without hesitating, I told him I'd schedule my surgery for after the show. 
In less than a minute, we formulated a new storyline in which Steve and I would carry on our war through In Your House and on to Raw's War the next night, where we'd square off in a street fight. Steve would injure, in quotations, my knee, uh, putting me out of commission. I'd have the surgery to do my best to get back for King of the Ring in June. As an incentive, Vince promised me that if I came back in time, Sean would put me over at King of the Ring. <laughs> it was quite a thing to throw at me, considering that Sean and I had sorted things out yet. We hadn't sorted things out yet. Vince told me he was grateful for my dedication and that he too was fed up with Sean. Really? Did he said that? But he was reluctant to discipline him. Maybe for the fear that Sean would end up in the WCW with his old pals in the clique. Uh, For my part, I offered to sit down with Sean man to man and bury the hatchet. For the good of the company, I hung up the phone relieved that everything seemed salvageable and that my position was still solid. Hmm. Again, Vince, you know, to a degree, just giving him a little bit of lip service here. I mean... The idea that Sean would be that quick to put him over uh, at King of the Ring, which is it was it was there was the big four, and then the King of the Ring, the King of the Ring was kind of like big four at Jace. Yeah. Uh, so it was. It seems like a crazy idea, but it's you know what Brett wants to hear at this point of his career. So he's you know he's putting his faith in Vince. Yep. And pops. In in good old McMahon, you can <laughs> trust him. Oh yeah, no. Uh, continuing on in Hitman's book. The first thing I did when I got to Broome County Veterans Memorial Arena on April 21st was ask Sean to talk with me in private about out by the ring as a handful of technicians did some sound check. I told him I wanted peace. I didn't lay everything on him as being his fault. I listened without protest as he told me the morale among the boys was better when he was champion than when I was. I almost felt sad for him. He didn't seem to have a clue how wrong he was. Sean said that his recent animosity toward me stemmed from my remarks about his knee, which he mentioned, which he maintained was really hurt. What was I to make of that? Everybody in the dressing room was skeptical about his injury, so I referred to my own hurt knee. I conceded that it was hard to tell from the outside just how damaged a knee was. And it could be true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's possible. Once again, we agreed that going forward, we would clear any negative comments with each other before putting them out there for the public to hear. And we'd work together as professionally as we always had, aiming for King of the Ring in June, if I could make it back by then. We shook hands, and I felt good about it, and we were back in sync. Hmm. And they lived happily ever after. We'll see. On to episode 206 uh, of Raw is War. This is April 21st, 1997. Austin in the ring with Vince McMahon, and he's going to get a title shot at the next pay-per-view against The Undertaker. But he doesn't want to talk about The Undertaker. He wants to talk about Bret Hart. And he tells him to get out here, and they're going to have a street fight. And Bret Hart accepts the match. And says it's only because the U.S. audience wants violence. And he's going to give him that. And Austin is going to go straight to hell. Yep. There you go. Street fight doesn't start um, between Brett and Sean. 
I mean, Brett and Austin yet. Um, Owen and Davey come out, but then Sean comes out to even the playing field with the chair. And Brett tries to go for the legs of Austin, and he dodges, and he starts hitting Brett with the chair over and over, and then he puts him in the sharpshooter, and Brett's the refs try to separate Austin and Brett, and they go to a commercial. And we come back from the commercial, and Bulldog is helping Brett, and Brett was supposedly suffered a broken leg. Yeah, yeah, looks pretty, looks pretty serious. Yeah, and they put him on a stretcher, and Monsoon confronts Austin about his behavior, and he says he broke all the rules tonight, <laughs> and uh, every last damn rule. Yep. And he tells him to get out of the building, and Austin says nobody talks to him like that, but he's gonna cut him a break, I guess. That's yeah, he's got a safe face in some way. Yeah. Um. The ambulance is back. I mean, we come back after a match, and Bret Hart is finally making it to the ambulance. But Stone Cold has commandeered the damn ambulance. Do you remember this? Yes, this is a this is a classic moment of the this like early pre Attitude Era. Uh, Austin um, gets behind the gets behind the wheel of the ambulance, and uh, true to his word, he said, "Bret, we're going straight to hell." Yes, indeed. And he comes from the front to the back, and he starts beating up Brett. And Owen and Bulldog come out, and they try to stop him, but he kicks them away. And Brett even slides out of the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fans are eating it up; they're yeah, loving it. It's awesome. And um, then, <laughs> oh, uh, they, the, oh, Owen and Davey ch- chase him off. The ambulance closes and drives off, and. They vow to kill Austin tonight. Pretty, pretty, pretty severe. Yeah. So another ambulance altercation, and twenty years later, we're getting some some similar stuff going on. Can't can't stay away from the from those ambulance matches. Actually, almost to the day is when um, they originally did the Strowman and Reigns ambulance first altercation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So they're rewriting their stuff. They're going yeah. back and like, you know, what worked then? Going back to the well. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff to pull from here. Then we get Austin coming back at the end of the night, and this is for ratings, so he can be there last, you know. So nobody's tuning in on WCW. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he says he doesn't want to be a role model for the kids. And then Michaels makes the save, so. That, you know, the Hart Foundation is fought off and Austin's on his feet. And then Brian Pillman comes out. Back from injury. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, he attacks Stone Cold. Yeah. His old uh, his old tag team partner continuing their uh, their intense beef from uh, late 96. Yep. Uh, Pillman's got a gun that that whole uh, that whole thing and now he's aligned himself uh, with this new heart foundation yep and Shawn Michaels comes and make the save but uh, yeah that's the end of the show for that one it's intense stuff yes indeed um, then we had knee surgery for Brett on Wednesday April 23rd episode 207 Raw is War April 28th 1997 this is a great segment to open the show. 
we have Brian Pillman out first, and he says that he's he's got a very good explanation for coming back and attacking Stone Cold. And he's a religious man, and he he wants a speedy recovery for Red, for Bret Hart, and he asks for forgiveness for anybody who enjoyed the uh, savagery and brutality that Austin's actions and uh, that the American society is. It's terrible for that. Yeah, and he does this, as you can imagine, or if you remember, in a very, like, slimy sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek kind of way. And it was just, oh, man, Pillman was so good. Yeah. Pillman was so good. And he asks God for the complete (laughs) annihilation of Stone Cold Steve Austin (laughs) so he can never practice his evil craft anywhere else. And uh, he wants the WWF to... uh, keep Bret Hart in their hearts and souls. And Steve Austin comes out and they brawl and here comes Davy Boy and Austin leaves quickly through the crowd. And Pillman, Owen and Davy Boy all start to uh pray in the middle of the ring. This is hilarious. <laughs> They're praying for Bret Hart. Yeah. And Austin comes back with a damn axe handle. That's right, yeah. No axe head, just the axe handle. And he runs off the Hart Foundation. So then we see the Hart Foundation uh with Brett in a wheelchair and he comes out for an interview and he says that Shawn Michaels and Austin are going to be targets of the Hart Foundation and he's sick of the American depraved society and the violence and the bloodshed and they're going to get the best of the best the best there is, the best there was and the best there ever will be and then we have an intercontinental championship match with Rocky and Owen Hart and this is a quick little match Um, Owen is sneaky and he does a spinning heel kick and he crashes Rock off the top rope, and there's a superplex, and Owen flips out of the superplex into a rolling clutch and catches Rocky for the one, two, three, and he's the new Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, so the Hard Foundation gets a little gold. Um, and did were Owen and da- David? They're still da- tag they're still t- so they get some more gold. Yeah, so they yeah, got- and he says, "Look at all the gold. We're rich." <laughs> Um, then we get another Stone Cold interview and it's Vince and he comes down he doesn't come down the ramp Stone Cold doesn't Uh, he goes through the crowd and he's carrying a wheelchair and an axe handle and he sits down in the wheelchair and he's in the ring and he calls out Brett and he's basically uh, he's going to stop a mud hole in them he's going to set the record straight that the only people he's for are the people that he looks in the mirror that's him yeah and every morning, that's him. So uh, he's going to be the WWF champion on the 11th. That's when he's facing the Undertaker. Yes. And then Brett's on the Titan Tron, and he says that Austin is going to be in an ambulance this week. The main event is the WWF champion, Undertaker against Davy Boy Smith. They start to have a match, and it's about a minute and 49 seconds. And Owen runs down for the DQ, and they pu- start putting a hurting on Undertaker. And yep. that leaves Brett all alone. And Austin jumps the rail and helps get rid of Bulldog. And then once that's over, Austin grabs the WWF title. He's in the corner posing, and Undertaker heads back into the ring. And then they start, um, he throws the belt, and he hits Undertaker. And then he gives him the double word, birds and some cuss words. And then Owen comes in, and... Undertaker slams Austin, sending him bouncing out of the ring. And then Austin sees Brett 
And then before he can lay a finger on Brett, Jim the Anvil Neidhart comes back. And the refs take Austin away. But uh, yeah, Austin's Austin's on the stage and Bret Hart's on the stage too. And Neidhart helps, um, helps by distracting. And basically Bret hits Austin with the crutch and sends him over the stage. So the EMTs and the stretcher are out for Austin. Yep. And Brett's her, uh, Brett's words hold true. Uh, and now, yeah, with night hard back in the fold, you have the, uh, full, uh, fully reformed heart foundation of, uh, Brett, Davey, Owen, Pillman, and now the member of the original night, uh, the original heart foundation, Jim, yeah, the exactly. An- Jim, the anvil night heart. The night before you had, um, Brian, I mean the week before you had Brian Pillman yep. and now Jim, so we're yep. completing the package. Yep. Um, next episode, 208, May 5th, 1997. The entire Hart Foundation comes out. They start with a rant on the American fans, and Bret Hart says that he doesn't think Austin will be here because he's in a jam. And they have a new target, and it's Shawn Michaels. And uh, Shawn is not being honest about his injuries. And he's going to come out and he tries to hit them with chairs and everything and they're going to settle the score. So, you know, they're done with they're done with him. Um, most of the first hour we cut backstage to scenes of the Hart Foundation looking for Sean. And then they even beat up a guy that looks like Sean. <laughs> he comes out of the bathroom. Then we get Shawn Michaels coming out for the top of the hour for Warzone number two. And... He's not trying to work against Stone Cold or with him. He's just trying to take out the Hart Foundation. And he's asked when he's going to return to the ring. And he says King of the Ring would work. And Vince asks us if it's going to be a match with Bret Hart. And Sean gives us the love it or leave it ultimatum. (laughs) Uh, And if you go back through the whole Hart Foundation, uh, he's going to go through them. You know, if if he has to do it, he's going to. One by one. And then they come up on the Titan Tron and they say an impromptu match with Nightheart. And Owen and Davey and Nightheart come out and they try to have a three on one attack. But the Legion of Doom come out for the save. All right. So earlier in the night, Undertaker says that someone stole his championship belt and he wants it back. Then we get the WWF European champion Davey Boy Smith against Uncle Steve. (laughs) <laughs> my notes say uncle steve uh <clears throat> yeah and it's a decent match uh davy boy telegraphs the backdrop and he takes a kick followed by a stone cold stunner and it's over in eight minutes and then owen comes out and they start attacking stone cold with the wwf belt so they stole it and then uh sean michaels comes out for the save and then the lights go out and it's undertaker and he wants his belt back and him and HBK clear the house and HBK drops the belt and it leaves Austin and Taker in there and Austin picks up the belt and Undertaker is certainly not cool with that. And then they end up, um, uh, you know, brawling all over the ringside and it's a giant pull apart. Yeah. And that's, so, and this is the go home for uh cold day in hell. And yeah. So they do a good job here of, um, you know, 
keeping that that division of you know the hard foundation versus you know all of these top baby faces but still maintaining you know the heat between uh uh taker and austin as well leading into the pay-per-view exactly so we're at the pay-per-view the hard foundation get a front row ticket yeah they uh they, they cooped up some nice seats for themselves yeah and the the main the pay-per-view is okay it's all right yeah i mean it's your standard uh in your house fair um but uh, the, yeah, the main storyline is the Hard Foundation are, are in the building, and they they I think they don't show up until the main event, so they keep cutting back to these uh, empty front row seats throughout the card, yeah. um, and just building the anticipation for what's going to happen. And then we have the main event. Yeah. What is going to happen? Yes, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He gets his WWF Championship shot against the Undertaker, and it's a great match. Uh, well, it's a, it's a good match. It's they've had better matches, but this yeah. is one that will start off their feud. They they've fought before on Raw, and it was a brawl and got ended quick. But yeah, and this is early on, and I mean not early on in Taker's career, but this was still in the time frame where he was not necessarily like that you know ace that he would go on to be in his later years in terms of uh, putting on a on a on a great match. So towards the end, we have Brian Pillman trying to use the ring bell. And uh, Hebner is dealing with him. And then Austin goes to take him out, the Undertaker out, and he gets a tombstone, which is reversed. He And then reversed again. And Undertaker gives Stone Cold a tombstone. And we get the one, two, three. And everybody in the Hart Foundation but Brett goes and attacks the Undertaker. And then Austin comes and flips Brett out of the wheelchair, grabs the crutches, clears house, hitting Davy Boy. And then Undertaker chokeslams Owen. And then we have the two faces standing off in the ring. Um, and Austin gives Undertaker the stunner. Yeah. And that's how we finish it off. And the crowd still pops for that. Yeah, yeah. Not a... Uh... A little early in the game, Austin obviously wouldn't be uh, claiming that top prize for a little while. But again, you know, Austin maintains that uh, you know, what he would go on to call that "don't trust anybody" sort of attitude, where he's uh, putting himself up against the world. Um, and it's it's a good ending, and it keeps every it keeps everything going in that main event scene um, and building building towards uh, you know pretty uh, interesting summer. Yes, indeed. Hey, Jimmy, you want to tell everybody about where we work on the side? Absolutely. Uh, DCW, District City Wrestling. And, Jimmy, you're a commentator announcer there? Yeah, I could I could call myself the voice of DCW if I was really feeling good about myself. There you go. I like it. I like <laughs> and, uh, it. And you, you've, uh, you've got a hand in it as well. Yes, I do. I do some production media there, and I also wrestle. Yeah. Um, yeah, but check us out. You can find us on Facebook at District City Wrestling, or you can find us on Instagram at, at @officialdcw or Twitter at @officialdcw. Check us out. Let us know what you think. Hey guys, uh, if you're uh, into uh, reading about pro wrestling and uh, fans' perspective and fans' journey, uh, check out my buddy Dan Zine. It's called Hot Tag. Uh, and he gets into his journey as a fan, um, and as well as bringing in some of his friends. I uh, wrote a piece for the uh, third issue. Uh, so he has that. Uh, check it out. It's at hottag.bigcartel.com. Uh, it's good stuff. Get into it.
episode 209 of Raw's War. This is May 12th, 1997. Yep. And you get this little intro here. In 80 countries and seven languages, to over a half billion homes each week, the World Wrestling Federation, the worldwide leader in sports entertainment. That's a sleeker little intro than what they were what they were doing instead of the like the uh, voice of God saying the World Wrestling Federation Sports for over fifty years. Yeah. yeah, it's a little it's a little bit more edgy on the visuals to match Sports the uh, entertainment. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so we have the Hard Foundation coming out, and Brett's mad. Um, basically, that the fans are upset that Austin isn't the champion but they didn't give him the same sentiment when he lost his title you know yeah so yeah. Uh, he's a little mad there um and he got screwed out of it later tonight stone cold comes out with crutches and he's in the ring with vince and he says one day he'll be the wwf champion and he'll get that chance once again and he's going to take care of the heart foundation and he's going to take care of them like a snake Usually you go for the head, but he's uh, 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 uh. no. He's gonna go. He's gonna start at the butt of the snake. This is the ass. The, the butt. The butt of the snake. Yeah. And if you were the butt of the snake, who would you be? Brian Pillman. Uh, so he says he's crippled him before, and he's gonna cripple him again. And he carried him in his back pocket in the bush league. Ooh. Oh, holy shit! Barry and Pillman, and Barry in the competition. Yes, there. indeed. Uh, then we keep getting Sable coming out for the past couple weeks, modeling the Austin 316 shirt. Do you remember this? I do. Yeah, they would do that with Sonny and uh, not as much Marlena at first, but yeah, they would they would be, uh, you know, whatever the hot T-shirt was, they would be out there. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, then we get Rob Van Dam against ah. Jeff Hardy. That's right. Yeah, that that continued uh, cross promotion with ECW. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're now uh, we're now in the May, so they've already had their uh, their big first pay per view, barely legal, mm-hmm. that took place in April. Um, so yeah, it's a seeing uh, Rob Van Dam show up on Raw, and this is when he started using obviously his uh, his moniker, Mister Monday Night, which would just get him so much heat in in front of the ECW crowds, right? Because they hated WWF. Yes, indeed. Um, and it's a two and a half minute match, though. So. Yeah. Short but sweet. Yeah. But we'd later get some good stuff from both of them. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Then we have this from Bret Hart. And we're back, everybody, here in the war zone. I'm ready for the surprise. Me too, Bret What is it, Hitman? Bret's been talking about a surprise. Do me a big favor and just shut up for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Even Brett's laughing about it. He loves being a heel. Yeah. Hey, first. Heart Foundation, Ryan, Owen, Davey, Anvil. I want you guys to go back to the dress room. Go back. What? Yeah, I'm sure about it. Go back. I can do this on my own. I want you to go back. Just go back to the dressing room. Let's go. Go. Let's 
Time for me to be a man by myself. I can do it. I don't think this is a wise move, Ross. It might not be. I don't understand this. Apparently, the uh, other members of the Hart Foundation certainly are not comfortable with being. Well, I guess now we've already seen Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of throw Brett out of his wheelchair, a poor crippled invalid like that. What kind of man would do something like that? A poor crippled invalid. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you see that? Uh, Brian Pillman goes to fake hit a audience yeah. member and he scares the hell out of him. Somewhere Punk back him there good. in the dressing room area. If you even think about coming out here, just remember that I'll have that pack of lions rip you to shreds. So don't even think about it. Just stay where you're at. Now, as for my little surprise, I just want to say, in person, face to face, I want that gutless little poser, Shawn Michaels, to get his ass out here. What? I know you're back there like everybody else, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, like the rest of the world, and especially you pathetic Americans, back there hanging on every single one of my words. And basically, I'm calling you out to get your ass out here. What do you want to do? Fight him? He's in a wheelchair. I don't know what he wants. He's going to get his wish. Listen to the ovation for the Heartbreak Kid! I don't think there's ever been a rivalry that has been talked about as much worldwide as this issue between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Sean <laughs> Michaels, the boy toy. You know, there was a time when I just couldn't stand you. But now when I look at you, I realize that I hate your guts. Ooh. And the reason that I hate your guts to list all the reasons why I can't stand you and you make me sick. The biggest reason is... Uh-oh. Go ahead, take your jacket off. Make yourself at home. It symbolizes something, you taking your jacket off. It's like you're hot, you're cold, you're hot, you're cold. That's the story of your whole career. One minute you're hot, the next you're not. You know what bugs me about you is that it finally dawned on me. It's the way you dance around, you have this attitude, this arrogance, this cockiness. And it finally hit me. That's what you Americans all symbolize. You think you're better than everybody else. 
you think you could cop this attitude and, 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 and look down at the rest of the world like you're better than us. Well, it's not true. It's not true at all. Because you're rotten through and through, all the way through to your insides. Just like America, craving your blood and guts and all your, your violence and crime on the streets, you love it. You love it all and you hate it when somebody tells you the truth. And you hate it when somebody tells you the truth. Talk about rotting from the insides, it's just like ancient Rome. America, this great, this great country that should be leading us into the, the 21st century, but instead, you're rotting from the inside, just like ancient Rome, and you're gonna destroy yourself because you're, you're being controlled and run by scum. Scum like this right here. You know, Shawn Michaels boy toy, you ripped me off for the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt at WrestleMania 12 in a 60-minute Ironman match. You screwed me out of that title, and you know it. And all you people stood by and let it go. You did nothing about it. So when I decided to come back, Sean has a navel ring in his ear. <laughs> Want to make sure Brett could see it. Posing for girly magazines. <laughs> Dancing around, kissing all the girls. <laughs> Putting tattoos on yourself and earrings through your, your navel and your nose and your ears. <laughs> but they're Shaking all navel rings. ass and making yourself a horse's ass. self-professed degenerate that's what you are hmm. a self-professed degenerate and when you talk about role models you led the world wrestling federation you took that world wrestling federation championship belt in a reign of decadence you know Shawn michaels the biggest thing that bothers me about you is that you didn't have the guts to face me this year at WrestleMania. You didn't have the guts to face me one-on-one. -on -one. You go ahead and talk about all the things. You talk about my mother and my family and how I signed for more money than any other wrestler in the history of the World Wrestling Federation and how I'm controlled by the almighty dollar. Who isn't controlled by the almighty dollar? That's a bunch of BS and you know it. The million dollar question. That's what Vince McMahon said to you last week. The million dollar question. That's all it was, is a million dollars. Well, Shawn Michaels, it should concern you what I get paid. And it should concern you whether I got my mother and my father and the rest of my family in the front row. And it should concern you. Anything that I do, 
What should concern you is whether you really believe deep down in your guts and in your heart whether you're actually as good as me. And you pathetic, sick, violent people know. Ladies and gentlemen, keep our cameras rolling. That this so piece long. of crap right here was never. Yep. It's all. Talk about family values. And they go off you air, so the fans watching the. Don't could see this sweet chin music, which knocks Brett into and over his wheelchair. Our foundation comes down. Pillman, Owen, Davey, Neidhart, chasing Sean around the ring. So I don't know who's to blame for this, but yeah, the show ran over, and fans at home didn't get to see this on that night. beating Sean down yeah but eventually Stone Cold comes out for the save and that's uh, that's where we're left off at the end of that episode what again another fantastic segment and the, the obviously the meat of it is Brett getting to respond to that Sean promo that we listened to earlier um, it's it's interesting he he, uh, he dusts off his uh, grade 8 social studies here a little bit uh, and his critiquing of uh, the United States, and he makes some, uh, you know, he hits on some, some, some real, some real shit. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it talks about, uh, you know, alludes to American exceptionalism, the idea that we're the greatest country in the world, and um, that that belief, and we look down upon the rest of the world. So he, you know, he hits, he hits some, some, you know, some real, you know, on some real issues there. The uh, comparisons to ancient Rome, and then exactly. he he segues it perfectly. Uh, into his critique of Shawn Michaels as a human being, um, and it's just the crowd is starting to starting to go for it. You, you get the uh, you get the Hitman sucks chance going very strong uh, about halfway through that segment, and um, it's Shawn Michaels. It, it, it's great because Brett's sitting in the chair, and, and it, it's a wheelchair, but it might as well be like a recliner because he's like a grumpy old man. He's like. <laughs> You know, you you go out there and you shake your ass and you you know he's and and Sean's just like sneering down at him like um, it, it's just it makes for a, for a great uh, dynamic for the segment. No, you're absolutely that, right. That pays off with the sweet chin music. So the next episode is 210 Raw's War, May nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Austin is out with Jr. for an interview. And he says the only reason he came out to save HBK last week was that it was because he wanted to beat up the Hart Foundation. And Shawn Michaels uh, was interrupts, and he says he doesn't like Austin. And either way, he wants the Hart Foundation. And he's been around the WWF a long time. And Austin says, why don't you take your little bandana and go backstage before I kick your teeth down your throat? And then they get pulled apart. And... Uh, Owen Hart comes on the Titantron laughing and says they're typical Americans. And if they can get their issues together, uh, they can challenge the Hart Foundation for a tag team match. And HBK and Stone Cold could have a tag team title match next week. And 
uh, then we go backstage, and Shawn Michaels is standing next to Ken Shamrock, and he doesn't want Steve Austin as his partner. He feels he, he can trust Shamrock. Shamrock says, you take care of Bowen, and I'll take care of Davey Boy. And the whole show, we get Austin looking around for a partner backstage, and there's some funny bits where he's asking, like, uh, Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> and then we get the Hart Foundation coming out, and it's a big surprise for Brett to challenge Shawn Michaels in a match less than 10 minutes. And if he can beat Shawn, he won't wrestle in the United States again. And then Shawn comes on the Titan Tron, and we have a beautiful, beautiful segment. That we're going to just play this. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is a big one. I could care less. Got the crazy eyes. I don't know too many guys that even want to be aligned with you because your days are numbered. But I'm going to cut right to the chase. Everybody wants to know, every, everybody around the world, my true fans around the world, and you scum in particular, who hang on every single word that I 
all want to know what my big surprise is. Shawn Michaels, the boy toy. He's announced that he's finally recovered from this knee injury. And he's gonna heroically come back at the King of the Ring. How quaint. Shawn Michaels, there's somebody else. There's a real hero and a real man that's gonna come back at the King of the Ring with a bad knee. And that real man and that real hero is me. Whoa! That's ambitious. Against everybody's heartfelt, kind, gracious considerations, the Heart Foundation, Brian Pillman, my family, and all the millions of cards and letters that I get from the rest of the world. Millions. They're all concerned about millions me coming back. Millions of cards at your house. With a bad knee. That's why he has a bad knee. Shawn yeah. Michaels, I want to issue you a challenge. Been lifting with him. An offer that you can't refuse. I want to challenge you to a match at the King of the Ring. And if I can't beat you in less than 10 minutes, I promise that I will never, ever wrestle in the United States of America again. What? Never wrestle in the United States again? 10, 10 minutes. Now, just before anybody you gets their hopes up too high. You know something? You talk about this freedom of speech thing. Last week you had all the freedom in the world. You talk so much, we went off air listening to you babble. But He's now got his Tupac bandana on. Let's get to yeah. the challenge. Brett, last WrestleMania, you couldn't beat me in 60 minutes. What in the world makes you think that you can beat me in 10 minutes? I, I know what it is. It's that gang you got around you, you see. That's what it is. Because I know mano a mano, you wouldn't have a chance. But you know something, Brett? I want all your boys down there. I want your whole crew down there, Brett. They'll be down there. <laughs> oh, will they? Do I, do I have that promise from you? Do I have that promise from you they'll all be there? Where I go, the Heart Foundation goes. Alrighty, well, I've got one little stipulation. Each one of your men must be handcuffed to a ring post. Wait a minute. That way, you hit man, and I can settle this thing once and for all. None of your goons jumping in. None of your excuses that we have heard for over a year. We are going to find out once and for all if Brett the Hitman Hart 
can get beat like a man. Because Brett, believe me. Okay, do you notice that? Bret Hart is mouthing what Shawn Michaels says, not after he says it, but almost as he says it, like it's lines. That's crazy. Yeah, I I had never noticed that before. Okay, I'm going to take it back for a second. If Bret the Hitman Hart can get beat like a man, because Bret, believe me, you couldn't go 10 minutes in any situation, if you know what I mean. Oh boy. And uh, listen here, even though, even though lately you've had some sunny days, my friend, you still can't get the job done. A heartbreak kid coming off a knee injury, you coming off a knee injury, they're all handcuffed. Hitman, I'm gonna knock you down and drag you out. Okay, so you're on. What? I accept. Mm. You accept. We'll put the Heart Foundation. You can handcuff him to whatever corner you want. What? And I got a chance. Ten minutes is all I need to smoke you, Shawn Michaels, or I'll never set foot in the United States of America with my wrestling boots again. Bret Whoa! Unbelievable! You can, Bret Hart, you can smoke me all you want. What you've got to do is beat me, which you cannot do. Brett, you, my friend, do not have a snowball's chance in hell of beating the heartbreak kid. Believe me when I tell you. Ah, how about it? The hitman Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels at the King of the Ring. And the Heart Foundation handcuffed to the ring post? What's that all about? What is Brett thinking? Yeah, so I think that might be Brett's way of just uh, uh, gathering information. He's lipping what the other person is saying, but it seemed weird. It it did, and I mean, it it might be a way of getting in Sean's head and uh, showing his predictability. But um, the obviously we're going to get into the 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 big part of that segment being the line that was crossed uh, by Michaels when he uh, alludes to sunny days. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, so with that as a not so uh, subtle reference to uh, Bret Hart having an affair with Sonny, uh, Tammy Sitch at the time while well, he was uh, married. Um, and we had mentioned earlier in the episode uh, that they, in, when you read from Brett's book that they were going to clear these, these comments with each other. This was something that was not cleared whatsoever. And, uh, you can see it in Brett's face. Uh, heart foundation doesn't really sell it with the exception of night. They look around. Yeah. They look at the audience to see confirmation from them. Like obviously the audience doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, it goes over your head. I think for, I mean, unless you're, you were a smart at the time. You're in the, in, you know, looking at the inside of the business a little bit. Then probably went over most of the audience's head, but it was right. still uh, some. It was a heavy. It was a heavy incident. And went over the line, and I don't think Sean and Brett ever really recovered or gained trust back in each other no. up, up until 2010. No, um, Brett says that Sean was slurring his words, and he had a speech on TV saying sunny days and was blatant suggestion that I had been sleeping with Sonny. 
And he had to go home to Julie and Stu, and they were upset about the Sonny comment. And he had to explain, you know, Jim Ross phoned him at home and apologized upon behalf of Sean's unprofessional behavior. And he's heard that line before. So it's going to settle the score. And he was brooding about what to do, and he wondered if he would beat the hell out of Sean for real at the King of the Ring coming up or not. And uh, basically, he was hurt really bad. And he decided to tell Vince that he would pull out of the pay-per-view because his knee wasn't ready. Vince had a plan. Stone Cold would finally catch him alone, flatten him out, bash the hell out of his knee, taking him out of the pay-per-view storyline. And that would would be a clean win over Sean. So, we'll see if that, uh, that happens. Later on in the night, Austin goes against Neidhart. And uh, that's a terrible match, but <laughs> Austin pulls Pillman out from the ringside commentary area, and yeah. they start brawling, and then the Hart Foundation come in, and it's a brawl, schmaz ending, yeah. and they get the upper hand, and then Shawn Michaels comes out for the save again. And next week, it's confirmed that they're going to go one or two on two. It's the tag team of Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin against Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith for the tag team titles. Yeah. Will they coexist? Yeah. And this whole thing with Brett and Sean is leading into the King of the Ring. Can we do it? Brett doesn't think he can. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. Um, this is kind of the... This is... This is a great little series here. This is the anti-anti-anti. We have the anti-hero in Bret Hart. We have the anti-hero and uh, anti-establishment of Shawn Michaels. And then we have the anti-hero, anti-establishment of Stone Cold. They're yeah. all anti-heroes. Yeah. Everybody's out for each other's throat. And, uh, yeah, the era of uh, clean-cut uh, faces and heels is uh, officially over. Right, and they're shades of gray characters. They're coming together, and this is culminating. Um, we're going to cut this one off right here. I know we said we'd catch up, but that'll be next week. I promise next week we'll be caught up to the July storyline of 1997, so we'll be retroactively looking back 20 years. Yeah. And so, yeah, once we're once we're caught up with that timeline, uh, which will be this month, we're going to be going uh, probably biweekly um, and looking at, you know, going deeper into into each individual episode as the timeline uh, progresses. Because uh, it, it builds. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the storylines get more in depth. Not that they are intertwined right now because you have Mankind, Goldust, and Ken Shamrock simultaneously, and the Legion of Doom. Yeah. All kind of working against the Heart Foundation in different yeah. ways. They're silent feuds, uh, but they're getting intermingled. And that's the one thing about Vince Russo. He did have a storyline for everybody involved. Uh, yeah. Sometimes they got out of hand, but <laughs> yeah. I liked it. Um, looking back on it now, it's like there's something going on. Yeah, I think Russo, I think a, a, a lot of people have said this in interviews, Russo, when he was working with uh, McMahon, you know, McMahon was that that sort of filter that, you know, for all the wacky shit that he would come up with once he was sort of off the leash in his later years, Vince would take that and harness it into, you know, the gold that is, you know, here still to come. That we're seeing, yeah. That we're gonna see coming um so we're gonna catch up we'll see you next week on retromania 
Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Retromania. If you want to write into us, talk to us, you can at Retromania Podcast at gmail.com. That's Retromania with a W W R E T R O Mania Podcast at gmail.com. And if they want to catch up with you, Jimmy, where can they reach you? Uh, hit me on the Twitters. Uh, my, my handle is uh, j- uh, at Jimmy underscore price. Uh, so, yeah, any, uh, any ideas, any thoughts, uh, send me a tweet, DM me, whatever. Um, we're, we're all about feedback, ideas, stuff you want us to bring up on the show, any questions. Uh, if I fuck up, please let me know. Yeah, if we fuck yeah. up, if we, if we are doing anything wrong, if we're doing anything good, if you want to share your uh, memories about this time right now if you want to share other memories as well you can write in to us please yeah. we want to hear your feedback um, as well as upcoming episodes we're going to have some bonus episodes Jimmy and I are going to bring along some guests and we're going to look back romanticize wrestle with their fandom yeah and we're going to get a chance to look at we're going to bounce around to different eras because basically what we're going to do is we're going to bring a guest on and uh, have them pick a match or two uh, that you know, really stuck out for them in either their you know, years as a, as, a, as a child being a fan or like their early fandom. Um, so we'll be bouncing around. We'll be looking at some different stuff. So it'll be cool. That's some, something I'm looking forward to. Yes, indeed. It's good stuff. Get into it.